Top of the morning, good afternoon, and hello to planet Earth. And to all the women and the men on the planet today, the Celtic Coach Radio Show, where science, spirituality, and self-discovery meet. Now, we have got a great show for you this week. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, our next special guest is somebody that I absolutely, uh, that I know personally. He hails from uh, a little small town in Upper Northern California. It's Ukiah, right, William? No, actually up near Mendocino. Oh, Mendocino, that's right. All right. Well, we're, we're in the vicinity. Our up next on the coast. Guest, yes. Our next special guest um Boy, there's a lot of things I could say about our guest. I'll start with just some of the career. Uh, some of his career includes pro soccer player, labyrinth designer and builder, executive coach. He's also worked with many Fortune 500 companies, PepsiCo, Frito-Lay, Visa, McDonald's, many, many others. Now, I have to say that our next guest today is somebody who has actually impacted me personally. Uh an amazing facilitator, great facilitation skills, um, a man who walks his talk, and someone who I, I deeply uh, respect. My impression of William, uh, I think him as a, as a Renaissance man. And my words for him as I was thinking about the session today, the interview, I was thinking creative, compassionate, someone who cares deeply about others, but is also authentic. So please welcome to the show, this week's show entitled The Men's Freedom Formula, Living a Life of Integrity and Choice, Mr. William Grace Frost. William, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you, Dermot. That's beautiful. I appreciate you saying all that. I have a great fondness for you as well. And, uh, Thank you. I appreciate being here and having the opportunity to have a chat. Now, the most important thing, William, did you bring your hot cup of something nice? <laughs> <laughs> my favorite my, my favorite mug wow what uh it looks like it's made out of lizard skin it does have sort of that look to it but it's a you know regular fired pottery yeah yeah very nice all right william i want us to 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 start off the show i'm going to read something because i think and, and and in case you're wondering who wrote that it's wonderful uh, you did <laughs> I'm going to read the very first two paragraphs of the Men's Freedom Formula Guide, the e-guide, because I think it really brings just some clear context into the conversation that we're going to have today. Now, uh, for any of the ladies listening out today, we are going to be talking about men, but we're all human beings. And so this is going to relate to much as to much, uh, to as much as the ladies as it will the men. So I welcome you all into our our interview today. Okay, the men's freedom formula: living a life of integrity and choice. Now, um, I'm going to read something from, and and William will let you know where to get this this e guide. It's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. I've read it about six times, and every time I read it, I I, I get something a little more out of it. So I'm going to start the conversation, William with uh, the first portion. So it said, what gets in the way of changing your behavior? What gets in the way of you getting what you really want? I think we can all relate to that, William. Um, we all have patterns of behavior which we could change. 
patterns that get in the way of our job promotions, efficient income production or career satisfaction, uh, behaviors that sabotage sabotage our ability to find and enjoy sustainably loving relationships, those seemingly harmless yet exasperating habits, we all have them, that consistently irritate our partner or ourselves, or perhaps it's those unconscious beliefs that block us from living our dream life, or simply keep us from being the kindest, most generous person we know we can be. What a drag. So why not change or just change? Why not just decide to transform the irksome behaviors? Or as the saying goes, why not just do it? Well, if it were that easy, I imagine we'd all be walking around in a state of sublime perfection. Ha ha. Welcome to humanity and humility. Now, I think that really kind of sets the stage for our conversation, William, because we're talking about living a life of integrity and choice. But what gets in the way, according to what I'm understanding from the men's freedom formula, uh, the guide, um, and you also have a program which we'll talk about at the end, is that it's something I think that you say in in in, in the guide. You said 95%, at least 95% of the choices we make are driven by our subconscious programming. Can you, that, that's a pretty heavy duty statement. Can you, like, yeah. it's kind of hard to believe, that, is it? <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't 95% it? 95% of everything it's, I do and think is yeah. not me. Yeah, most people will find that shocking uh, to, to really believe that. Yeah, that comes from an article uh, from some neuroscientists that did their research and came up with that number. So it's not my number. Um, but when you think about it, um, it's, it really is frightening to think that, you know, you may have chosen your partner uh, not with conscious thinking, but by some unconscious programming that you have. You may have chosen your line of work because of that. You may have chosen your clothes today because of uh, some unconscious programming you know 95 percent that's a that's a heck of a lot and all that starts probably before the age of six as well so as, so it, all um, gets, it all gets created by the age of six well it gets added on to of course all right but uh, my understanding is that psychologically that our personalities are formed by the age of six wow so, Wow. Now, now you've done a lot of work yeah. in, in with men. I've, I've, uh, you facilitate with me some of my own work, which has been incredible. Um, what inspired the uh, the men's freedom formula? What what inspired you to to create that? Mm. It's an offshoot of, uh, as as you and I know, uh, from what's called the Mankind Project. Uh, you know, it's a worldwide. Uh, organization uh, that initiates men in midlife and, and younger and older, um, and then supports men in becoming better husbands, fathers, sons, uh, what have you. Um, and uh, I just lost my train of thought with all that. Yeah, well, <laughs> well you, you actually brought up something that I was going to ask you next, so it's perfect. Um, in terms of men, you know, I, I always say I'm, I'm not that complicated, but but of course, try living with me. Um, but what are some of the things that you've noticed that 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 men struggle with? Well, an awful lot of men come into the men's work. Um, having been sent there by a woman, 
not gone often, by themselves. Well, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, off, often, you know, there's a woman behind there saying, you know, I want you to do this better. I want you to be better about that. Or I'm unhappy with your behavior or what have you. Um, it, it isn't always that, that the case. But um, men come into men's work often lonely, often feeling a lack of connection, often presenting with... Um, uh, it could be a divorce, uh, it could be a, a transformation going on in their work life. Uh, something has happened usually that provokes them to come into the work. And uh, they find that they don't have the support that they need in their lives. And so they come to a coach, to a mentor, to a men's group and say, I'm not exactly sure why I'm here, but uh, I, I, I get that I need this. Yeah, and yeah. they don't even really know what this is when they come in. Yeah, and I, and I can relate to that, William, because I know that the first night I stepped into a men's group, I didn't realize how distrusting of other men I was, you know, because just at the time I was like, oh, I wouldn't mind trying this out. I, you know, I got my own challenges, relationship and otherwise. And I was thinking it might be interesting to check this out. But but I realized pretty soon that I had a real distrust of other men which surprised me, I have to say. Uh, do, do you find that in, in your own work? Very, very common, very common, actually. Uh, when you think about it, you know, we connect as men on the sports field, uh, at work, uh, in, at, in bars, at parties, you know, and we think we have, you know, these deep friendships. Right. But when it comes down to something really vulnerable going on in a man's life, realizes he has nowhere to turn to because these men have position. These men have been the, uh, you know, can't trust the guy who's trying to beat you all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. It's a, and it's a different connection too. like, you know, going out to the bar, going out to the, you know, to the coffee to, to hang out with the, with the guys, as opposed to actually, connecting with another man in a way that's more meaningful, you know, uh, more authentic, I would say. Yeah. 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 That's, amazing. that's amazing. Well, when it comes down to uh, emotional intelligence, you know, um, men have been squashed most, you know, I'm talking stereotypically now in our culture, you know, men are told not to cry, not to feel, not to, you know, have emotions. You come in and you realize that <laughs> I do have emotions. You know, uh, you know, I've got incredible grief welling up in me, or I've got uh, so much anger it feels like rage, or um, deep, deep uh, feeling that a lot of men have is shame. And for a man to come into a group of men and be vulnerable and to talk that and to speak that and to show that—that's um, really scary. It's a big risk. Yeah. You know, it, it, so, it's you know the, the, the group has to create a sense of safety in order for that to happen. Yeah, I, I mean, I really relate to that because it's like, you know, we'll go to war, you know, on a dime, <laughs> but ask us to talk about our feelings. You know, that's more scary than than going out and, you know, building the London, yeah. London Bridge or something like that. It's, it's fascinating to me. Yeah. That our, our feelings are that scary. I mean, and I speak from my own experience here. Um, 
you know, my, my big hope is that's that's changing. You know, um, you know, I come out of the fifties and sixties, and you're probably sixties, seventies, eighties, what have you. And you know, we were brought up by men who were stoics. You know, and they were conservative with their feelings, and they were told by their parents not to feel, and uh, so it was just passed down. Nobody did it intentionally to hurt anyone, but you know, we 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 ended up, with, you know, with our feelings bottled up, and so it it takes some time to get through that. Yeah, yeah. So talk about a little bit, William, um, the men's freedom formula. So so our our topic today is living a choice, living a life of of integrity and choice. Um, why are those things important to you? Well, integrity became really important to me when I recognized that a lot of my life was not about integrity. Um, I didn't tell the truth a lot. Uh, I was not honest with my partner. I, I couldn't tell my feelings. Um, couldn't say what was really going on with me uh, and uh, it 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 hadn't become important to me th that well now I believe that my word is who I am and my integrity is everything you know if I don't have integrity then I well I disintegrate. So, you know, the opposite of integrity is disintegrating, you know, so um, I'm, I'm nothing. I'm, I'm no one without my integrity. And when I went through the weekend uh, rites of passage uh, for the Mankind Project, uh, I had an experience where I had a vision of a white panther, not a, not a black panther, but a pure white panther walking strutting royally across the top of a movie marquee, you know, where they've got the lights flashing. So it's not in the jungle, not out in the wilderness. It's walking across the top of a movie marquee. And on the movie marquee, it says, William Grace Frost walking a rarefied path of pure integrity. And I, and I had this vision and I just went, oh, crap. I, that's not me. I can't do that. Who, 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 who can walk a path of rarefied path of pure integrity? And what I've come to understand is that that it's uh, aspirational. It's what I'm moving towards. It's mm. what I'm always desiring. It's, I'm not saying that's who I am. That I'm perfect. That I walk because I, I make mistakes all the time. Just ask my wife. And <laughs> and. Um, you know, but my goal is to always be improving, you know, progress, not perfection. Yeah. Um, so, you know, integrity became incredibly important to me. And then, uh, you know, I came to have five sons, uh, three biological sons and two stepsons, and recognized that, you know, teaching them about integrity was incredibly important. So it just really amped up the, the game for me. Yeah, yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, what do you want the men listening today, William, what would you like the men to take away from our conversation? Well, if you have integrity, then you can trust yourself, number one. You can trust yourself and you can behave in the world in a way such that others will trust you as well. And so that place of going, getting vulnerable uh, is less difficult. Um. I want men to understand that 
the the barriers, the things to get in the way, the habits, the addictions, the you know weight gain, the problematic re relationships, those things all can improve and can be transformed if you get to the core of it. And like what you read, you know, from the Men's Freedom Formula Guide, you can't focus on the behavior. If you focus on trying to change the behavior, it, it does not work long-term. It just doesn't work because there's the underlying beliefs that are causing the behavior. And unless you get to those underlying beliefs, which we call shadows or negative beliefs about oneself, unless you can get at those and shift them and change them and shine a light on them, bring them out of the darkness, they will always be that 95% uh, that's running your life. It's like, I don't want that 95% running my life. I want to be more aware of my choices. And that's what I call freedom. Freedom is, is having that essentially those shadow beliefs in the light tamed down, calmed down, minimized such that they're no longer running my life. I, uh, I, I love the quote you have in, 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 in the, in the, in the guide, uh, beliefs don't come with expiration dates. <laughs> can you can you talk a little bit about what you mean by that? Because I I I kind of have an idea of what what you mean, but just for the listeners, what, what do you mean by that? There there always was a, uh, essentially, uh, I can have the the belief from my childhood that I am unwanted, let's say, or uh, I'm unworthy of love, or I'm not enough. Those are some fairly standard and, and common ones that come up for men and, and women as well. But uh, uh, we're talking about men here that, um, so those are developed in that, probably in that six year, first six year period. So they're hardwired into the brain. In order to make that shift into a new behavior, you have to let those beliefs atrophy, essentially. It's just like if you broke your arm and you put a cast on it and it stayed on there for a long, long, long time and you took it off, what would, what would happen to the muscles, Dermot? Did atrophy. Atrophy, exactly. Yeah. They, they, they get smaller useless essentially and the same is with thoughts and beliefs in order to change one anything that you put energy on gets stronger so if you think i don't want to think that anymore that actually strengthens the belief right yes, yes so the yes. only way to change it is to let it go and and anytime that energy or those beliefs start to come up you shift it to a new belief and you start to build a new synapse in your brain that takes you to that positive place rather than to that negative place. It sounds do those, a bit but, but do those though, ever right? do they ever leave completely? Yeah. No. There's always the potential that you could be triggered back into that negativity. And that's what I mean by they're they're there forever, essentially, but they don't have to be your first response anymore. Right, right. They don't have to be on the motherboard. They can be kind of in the backseat type of thing. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. It, it might take more and more to trigger that response. Uh, so I'm more immune. It's like a built up an immunity in a way. 
to that negative response that comes when I'm triggered. Instead, I go into that positive response. So I am worthy. I'm healthy and whole and just as I am. So do affirmations play a part in that too, William? Huge, huge part in that. Yeah. Yeah. Because affirmations are the opposite of the shadow beliefs. Yeah. yeah. So, so now let's get into the nuts and bolts a little bit. Um, it's, it, it, it sounds a little, I'm, I'm being the, uh, the voice of the, of the listener here. It sounds a little bit daunting for, for people to think I have to change all those beliefs because there's so many of them, you know, I mean, I could write a book. So how, (laughs) how do you, how does the men's freedom formula, how does that help men to, First, you have to uncover them and then change them, right? Can, will you talk a little right. bit about both of those processes? Right, right. And, and the process is what I would call it iterative, too. You, you take one and you work it through the process, and then you come back and do another one and work it through the process. So you don't have to try to take it on all at once. And I think of integrity, Dermot, as a, uh, as a portal into freedom. Uh, it's a doorway, that you can step into by examining where you're out of integrity in your life, where you're telling those little white lies, where you're not punching in on time, where you're telling your boss you're sick when you're really not, you know, it could be any, you know, the whole spectrum of things from, you know, as much as you can imagine. Um, But you have to, uh, you have to just take one of those at a time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's quite subtle, though, isn't it, William? Because, you know, I remember one time when I was doing the work with you and the men. And uh, and I came late one, one night. I was like, I don't know, a couple minutes late. It wasn't a big deal to me. It was like a couple minutes. What the hell? So what? I, yeah. I'm late to things all the time, you know, a minute or two. I mean, who, you know, who cares about that? But there was a level of, I remember then the men were like, well, hey, Dermot, what happened? You were late. Oh, I was a couple of minutes late. You know, I had some stuff to do. And, you know, just just was like, uh, didn't think anything of it. And and then I was like, oh, okay, well, did, did you want to work through that? I'm like, there's nothing to work through. I, I you know, I, I was late. It's not a big deal. Let's move on. Right. But in in the living a life of choice and integrity, those little things would you say they're signposts? They're not so little things. They're they're part of a bigger belief structure. Like how, how do you see that, yeah. William? Those yeah. little things that we do that we like, man, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's possible it is a little thing. If yeah. it's if it's a rare occurrence that you come in a couple of minutes late, mm-hmm. then it's not a deal. If it's a repeating pattern, if you notice that you're doing that and you're making that excuse, oh, I'm just a little bit late, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then there's probably something underneath it that could be examined. Uh, and taken down into what's the belief behind all that that's causing that to happen. And when you think about it and what's the impact on yourself and others as well, which is part of the process, looking at the impact, you recognize that um, what you're really, if you're coming late every time, what you're really saying to the other people in the group is that I'm more important than you. Uh, Your time isn't important to me. Mm-hmm. And it comes from a place of arrogance uh, and that part of us that, that feels that 
unknowingly is acting arrogantly. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. Knowingly. And we never think about the impact, do we? Like, well, I mean, I speak for myself. In in that time, it was a new question. Like, well, what's the impact of you being late on other people? And and my first response was in my head. I didn't say it out loud, but I was like, nothing. I'm two minutes late. What's the big deal? Um, but I realized from doing that work that there is an impact, that every choice that we make when we're living a life of choice and integrity. Again, listeners, I want you to know, we're not talking about being William said it perfectly at the start. This is not about perfection. Yes, I live a life of integrity and choice perfectly because I don't think that exists. Um, but I did find, I, I, I found a real aha moment in that the choices that we do make, they do affect other people. They do impact other people. And, and it can be as simple as being late for something. Yeah. You know, have, you, have, have you found that too, William? Yeah, and there's there's also the the understanding that there are two different impacts. There's the impact that you intended, and there's the unintended impact as well. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, we're not aware of our unintended impact. Like I say something to you, and it upsets you. And it, it never occurred to me that what I said to you would upset you, but it but it did. And so I have to you know, face the fact that what I said was upsetting to you, mm-hmm. you know, even though I can say, Hey, I didn't mean, I didn't mean to upset you. You know, right, right. It was not my intention. And it's important for me to say that and say, you know, I, I'm sorry. You know, it was not my intention to upset you. This is what I, what I did intend. And if I could do it over again, here's what I would do. And here's what I would say. And then yeah. hopefully that reassures you of my intention. So, so for the men listening out there, William, what would be, because this might sound a little overwhelming, living a life of choice, you know, integrity and choice right off the bat. Well, it means you have to take responsibility for your life. And that's, that's scary for a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Taking responsibility for your life. That's, (laughs) that's a big one, right? Yeah. Shifting from the victim mindset into, you know, full responsibility. It's like. So how would someone start that, William? Let's say somebody's listening to the show today and, and they're like, wow, what this what this guy is saying makes sense. But how would I even start something like that, living a life of um, integrity and choice? Yeah. Well, one of the first steps in that I take men through in the men's freedom formula, and it's uh, it's also a video course that uh, you can purchase. But uh, if I facilitate it in person, um, I actually have to go through and make a list of all those places in your life that you can drum up, (laughs) you know, brainstorming and saying, all right, so let's see, I told my kids that uh, I would be home in time to take them to the baseball game, Uh, but I didn't make it because I stayed a little late to talk to a client. Well, you might say, well, that was, you know, important and you needed to do that. But at the same time, you broke your word to your children. Right, and right. You didn't, and you didn't say anything to them. You didn't renegotiate or call them and say, hey, you know, i got to be late and please understand. There's a lot of men so, shaking their heads right now, William. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, in any place in your life. So, you know, I just say make a long list of anything you can think of. And that that's not for the faint of heart either, uh, 
Dermot, you know, yeah. as I said, you know, I use integrity as a portal into freedom. You can use other portals. Uh, I'm sure, you know, creativity or art or therapy or, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of other ways you can move into, you know, a life of, of more freedom. Um, my, my goal is for men to get to the place where they trust themselves, they care well for themselves and uh, others and are, are are good to their word and it builds a, a life of trust and a well-being and ultimately freedom and for me freedom means i don't have a lot of stuff going on in my head all the time that i need to be worrying about you know it's, yeah, it gets yeah. quieter and quieter up there um, yeah what so because so I'm, not, just... I'm not trying to you know fake my way through it right yeah yeah fake it till you make it um Give me the question again, William. So to start this process, for anyone that's listening out there who's unfamiliar with with this work, your work, or this concept, this this idea that we're bringing forward, um, what would be the question for them to start this process? You, you talked about a list, you know, so what would be the question that would go to create yeah. that list? Where in your life are you living out of integrity? with your agreements, with your values, uh, with your word. And, and then look at all the different areas of your life. So dive into your workplace and, you know, are you keeping track of your time properly? Are you, you know, taking home extra pencils, you know, or, you know, it could be little, little things, you know, are you speaking the truth to your boss, you know, or are you, are you holding back? Then um, you look at home, you know, what are you what are you doing and saying that's potentially not true or not fully um, in, in integrity um, so ask the question where in my life am i uh, out of integrity or what am i doing that isn't completely authentic would be another way to say it and then look at the different areas of the life yeah. work home uh, community wherever it might be yeah and so they could take out the word because we're using the word integrity but they they could they could just ask themselves you know where where am i where in my in my life am i not telling um, the whole truth staying my yeah keeping my word to myself yeah. saying the whole truth exactly where am i not keeping my word where am i not telling the truth where am i not being authentic where you know where am i feeling guilty about what I'm doing, that's another way to come at it would be sort of check check your feelings and say, yeah. oh, yeah, I, I did something yesterday I feel a little guilty about. Write that yeah. down. So once once you've got that whole list, then you go right. back. So that's the you, first part. That's, yeah. that's the uncovering part, right? Yeah. Okay. And then what comes after that now? So So let's say we've uncovered all of these places in our world, and I'm kind of just breaking the process down. I, I know it's you know you've outlined it but just for the listeners you you write your list where are you out of integrity where are you out of your word where are you not following through where are you bsing yourself your family your friends colleagues whoever it is and what would be part two to that william changing the belief would that be the next part or no next step is to choose one to work on mm -hmm. you know because you've got this list of <laughs> potentially dozens and so you say all right here's the one that's really bugging me the most or here's the one that feels like it's you know the biggest challenge for me and or or it might be one 
if you, if you're really new to that kind of work, pick one that's maybe not so uh, hard to look yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. Start with the easy ones, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's good advice, William. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Start with something you can handle looking at, you know, as opposed to no. Yeah. Let's leave that over there for yeah. later. Yeah, you can um, you can dive deeper later. Okay, yeah. so yeah. Please keep going. Uh, so then next step in the process is to look at um, what you ask the question, what kind of a man or, or woman, you know, what, what kind of a man would do that kind of thing? So what they're looking for is to oh. unearth a judgment around that. So um, if I see you um, lying to your partner and i know that you're lying to your partner i would say to you what kind of man lies to his partner you know what what kind of judgment would i hold around that and i would say well um, he's a dishonest man uh, uh, what kind of man then you ask the question again well what kind of man is dishonest uh, a man who needs to hide something okay so what kind of man needs to hide something a uh, man who's afraid of being seen or getting caught. You know, what kind of man you know, is afraid of being seen? You know, a man who feels ashamed of himself. So you're getting deeper and deeper and deeper each time you ask the same question over and over again. Mm -hmm. And eventually you get down to, and I have a, in the course, I have a, a, a worksheet that gives you all these uh, potential uh, shadow beliefs, as we call them. And so you get down to essentially, I feel unworthy, or I feel ashamed of who I am, or I'm, uh, I'm unlovable. Uh, those are those are some of the really core shadow beliefs that you get down to. Yeah, yeah. There's probably a few, right? That after you kind of disconnect all the little tributaries, there's one or two main rivers. Would that be a way of describing it? Yeah. yeah and what do you find true. those are for most men? So unlovable. Um, the primary thing for men is I am inadequate. You can really? Boil, you can boil down just about everything to some degree of inadequacy. Really? That's fascinating. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you say I'm unlovable, that's because I'm inadequate. If I say I'm unwanted, it's because I'm inadequate. And, you know, or there must be something wrong with me. Yeah. You know, because in that in that zero to six year time frame, too, you have to remember, you know, your uh, psychological development is you're still the center of your own universe. You know, you are the center of the universe. So if I see mom and dad acting a certain way and I interpret it uh, in my uh, undeveloped brain, I'm going to come out with there's something wrong with me, not there having a problem. Yeah. So it comes down to inadequacy. And, you know, if you do a few of these and take them down to there and find that, you know, I'm unlovable is the one that works for you or I'm worthy, uh, unworthy works for you, chances are you can use that and take that through the rest of the process and it'll, it'll, un it'll unwind the majority of uh, your issues. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow. Now, all of this, this, this process that you're describing is in your, in your e-guide and also in the program. And we'll, we'll tell the, we'll tell the listeners about yeah, it. Later. Yeah. The, the e-guide wow. doesn't, doesn't describe the entire process, uh, but the, uh, the program does. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, so they, they take, 
they take that belief and, and and the negative belief is that is that the same as your unconscious programming is it kind of saying the same thing yeah it's your unconscious negative programming negative not, okay not, yeah, not, yeah. not all programming is negative right right thank god there's some positive in there <laughs> you know there, there are people out here you know who grew up feeling fully loved and fully adequate yeah. and fully you know uh, yeah, worthy, yeah. Uh, worthy of love um unfortunately is a vast majority uh, you know that didn't get that well you know and uh, you know what i find interesting about that william you know for all the parents listening um again you know nobody's going to be perfect in their parenting but to kind of be a little bit conscious that from zero to six, a lot of that stuff gets put in there. And so I think the more love we can give our kids all the time, you know, we don't zero to six, then you're cut off. You're not getting any more love. <laughs> I've done my job. Yeah. But, you know, from zero to six, they're prime years. They're really important years. I mean, that's what you're saying, right? Yeah. Critical. Absolutely critical. 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 Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. So then once you've identified that, uh, and we'll call it a shadow belief and you say, let's say it's I'm unworthy, then you go back and you ask yourself a, a series of questions about the impact and you say, so when I am holding that place within myself that I am unworthy, how does that impact my coworkers, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and I can't know for sure, so you have to use imagine. So, how do you imagine? Yeah, but you got a sense, imagine? though. I mean, everyone has a yeah. sense of yeah. You know. So you know, I imagine they're going to feel sorry for me. I imagine they might not trust me. I imagine they're going to think less of me. You know, so right. all that yeah. kind of thing. So you you examine the impact, and you go, "Wow, that's not the way I want to show up at work." You know. And then, you know, you ask yourself, actually, the first one you start with is yourself. And so, so when you have come from that place of unworthiness, and I am unworthy, how has that impacted your life? Wow, I can see how that ruined that relationship back in my 20s. And boy, you know, I, I you know, probably it's what got me fired from that job, you know, in California. And, you know, you start to look at how has that impacted your life? And I realized that, you know, I chose not to go that path in my life or go to that school because I didn't think I was worthy enough to go there kind of thing. So you start to examine the impact on yourself. Of oh, That must of, be pretty revealing and also probably a little sad. You, you might very well hit upon some feelings at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because, yeah. you know, at the very start, we talked about, you know, 95% of the, of the choices we make are driven by our subconscious programming. And so I would imagine that must yeah. be pretty hard to swallow when you get to see the yeah. impact of these negative beliefs yeah if you're absolutely you know new to you know any kind of self-awareness work uh, it could be fairly shocking i mean essentially what what's going on is i think of it as these negative beliefs have been in the dark back here behind my head where i can't see them and what i've done now is i've brought them out in front and yeah. sh shown the light on them well the good news in that is that they can't live in the light 
you know, the dark can't live in the light. Mm -hmm. So it begins to unravel the, the impact that it has on you. But it can be very shocking, too, to say, wow, I've been living under the, the, the weight of inadequacy my whole life and yeah. didn't realize it. Uh, and it's one of the reasons I mean, why I, I like doing it, you know, one-on-one -on -one with people uh, or in a group, because then you can offer support when, when that becomes revealed. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Because I could see how, the, I mean, I know it was for me in the work that I did with you in the men's group that I'd be a basket case some nights. Like it's, 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 you know, the truth will set you free, but It'll kick your ass before it yeah, does. Yeah, you know, yeah, right? it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't mean it's easy. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. So you're looking at the impact of that shadow belief on yourself, on others. And then I like to do it even to a third thing. I, I like I'll pick a really vulnerable person in your life. Let's say you've got a five-year-old daughter. I say, so when you come from a place of feeling unworthy or inadequate as a man, and you're in the presence of your five-year-old daughter, what do you imagine the impact would be on her? Mm -hmm. And that's when men go, oh, shit. The light bulb goes on. Yeah, it's like, is that the kind of impact you want to be having on your child? Yeah. I've never heard a man say yes to that question. <laughs> you know, it's like, no way. And so what it, what it does is it, it enables you to take stock of the cost. What has it cost and what could it potentially cost me more in the future if I continue to come from that place of inadequacy or unworthiness or unlovability? Yeah, well, that's, that's powerful because, see, what you're saying is, you said at the very start, is that um, – you don't change the behavior to change the belief. You change the belief and the behavior changes. And so that's what you're saying now is that once that's uncovered, does the shit, does the behavior like automatically magically disappear or, <laughs> no. you know, do, yeah. is there some yeah. effort? Like, how does that work? Yeah. Yeah. When, when, then the work begins. <laughs> uh, yeah. Actually, it, it, it can be uh, quite enjoyable too. um, but one of the things that I have men do before you move to the new affirmation is to harvest um, what the, the benefits of it have been. Because believe it or not, uh, having that negative belief was developed in a childhood place or a long time ago, early in life, likely, where it was helping you stay safe or to actually feel loved or to, um, to, to get by and to survive in, in some cases. And so it's important to say thank you to the belief before you begin to let it go and you harvest what has been good about that. And that's a step that a lot of processes skip over. They go right from okay, we got the shadow belief now. Let's go right to the affirmation. Have to take the time to harvest what's been good about that. Yeah, that makes total sense to me, William, because there are, you know, there's, 
I know in my life, I've had plenty of things, behaviors that I'm like, I just need to use my willpower to change this behavior. And willpower didn't do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, as I, much I, as, you know, someone stopped drinking or smoking or, yeah. you know, watching crap on television or eating Doritos or whatever the heck it is. That's all coming from that deeper place is that what you're saying yeah and it's it's a largely unexamined place yeah unexamined yeah yeah, yeah. unexamined and unnoticed um uh, well totally unaware of you know yeah it's like it's it's in that it's been there so long that it's just naturally oh that's the way i am you know yeah. uh, and it's not accepting that anymore it's like maybe that's the way i've always been but i don't have to keep doing that in the future I can change that. Yeah. In your work, in using this men's freedom formula, uh, working with men, what, what what has been, like, share a little story, if you could, of someone that you worked with, keep their name private, but yeah, share sure. a little story of someone you've worked with and then, and how their life was different after it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it comes to mind uh, immediately is um, a retired detective, a tough guy. Uh, but really intelligent and well-read, very philosophically minded. He's at a point in his life uh, where he's wanting to find some new purpose and a new income stream. He wants to write a book. He wants to start a career in public speaking, but um, really finding difficulty verbalizing uh, what he wants and uh, being challenged by a difficult editor and feeling a, a sense of inadequacy and, mm -hmm. and weakness and, and also plagued by consistent headaches. And it's like nothing's seemingly flowing for him and he's prone to uh, feelings of depression as well. Um, I'll make a long story short, after a few coaching sessions, we did get down to the core belief of unworthiness. And so he was he, he recognized where he'd been sabotaging his own success through that, that belief. And so we're about um, a little less than a year into coaching. And for the last three months, he's been uh, speaking an affirmation to counteract that belief 16 to 20 times a day. Uh, and he's doing physical movements to embody the feeling of it as well. He's filling up a jar of beans every time he does an affirmation so he can see it filling up the jar of success. And his, uh, the, um, what's going on for him right now is he's completed the book, he's published it, his relationship with his uh, teenage daughter has improved significantly. Uh, he's given one speech to a corporate group and working on expanding his speaking career. Um, his headaches have decreased. He's no longer um, going into depression. Uh, and um, overall, his attitude, I would say, is like 100% more positive. And he's saying to himself every day, 16 to 20 times or more, um, I am healthy and whole in body, mind, and spirit, happily being of service to others. And every time he has any kind of a negative thought, he immediately switches over to that. Yeah. So how do the affirmations, how do the affirmations work with the work that you're doing? Uh, how does that work? That's a lot of work work, but you get the idea. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I can say doesn't work is come up with an affirmation and go, oh, that's that's nice. I mean, I see this in, in yeah, get weekly, it off the weekly men's groups, you know, and they say it one time and that's the last time they say it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it has to be practiced, you know, 
10,000 times, just like they say, 10,000 hours to become an expert in something, mm -hmm. you know, you've got to, I don't know, there's, I don't have a number, but, you know, you probably have to say it 10,000 times to, to do that. And so this man has discovered that um, by doing, not only saying it out loud, he shared it with his daughter. So she knows he's doing it and he has accountability around it. And he committed to her to keep doing that. Um, he did the physical visual thing of the beans in the jar. Uh, he has it on post-it notes at work on his, on his steering wheel, you know, everywhere he sees uh, the affirmation there. I mean, he is working it and it is creating miracles in his life. I mean, it, it really is. So, you know, everybody, uh, I mean, this day and age, most people have heard of affirmations, but to the extent that people are using them properly and and um, truly practicing them and integrating them into their being because you've got to do you've had it let's say you're 45 years old or 65 years old or 25 years old but you've had that many years of having this negative self-belief imagine how many years it, it takes you to uh to counteract that uh, does it take the same amount of years to counteract right. as it yeah. does to? You know, I don't have that kind of longitudinal uh, <laughs> information, uh, but uh, from what I've seen uh, in particular with this man, uh, I would say, you know, it's it's taken him a, a good year of. Uh, yeah, well, that's pretty good, though. Really I mean, working on it. 45 yeah. years living this way and then a year to to turn things around. I mean, that's, that's yeah. not a bad price. That's not a bad ROI, you know, yeah, yeah <laughs> ratio. Yeah, yeah he's <laughs> but, he's very he's very happy that he uh, that he took it on. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you find William that you know the people that take this stuff on are the ones you know that are in a lot of pain and want to get out of it, or don't have to be? Don't have uh, to be. Yeah, you know, but there has to be something that's motivating you. Right. If it's not uh, pain, what 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 else would it be? Yeah discomfort <laughs> discomfort yeah that's a good one you know uh, yeah yeah we can we can live or, with discomfort or, though you know you know or it could be you 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 um this happens uh, where you notice it in someone else and you go boy i don't want that to happen right to me. yes you know? so you you learn your lesson by observing it outside yourself or maybe yes. you read about it and you get an insight or or you're walking a labyrinth and meditating and an insight comes you go wow I need to shift this big time yeah. right now. Yeah. So, so we're going to slowly wrap up here, William, but just one more question here uh, for the listeners. Um, how would somebody listening know that there are negative beliefs running their behavior? How would they know that? Because <laughs> you're a human being. <laughs> mm. um, you know, I have I have men say, well, uh, I've been doing this and this and this, and I and my question to him is, how is it working for you? you know? Right, right. How's that it, working out for you? Yeah. If if yes. it's if it's working, then you're not going to change it, you know. But if you have any level of discomfort, you know, along the line, you know, the spectrum goes from you know mild discomfort to extreme pain. Mm -hmm. uh, somewhere in in there, uh, you hit a point where you go, yeah, I. I can see I need to change something here. You know, I'm on my you know third divorce now. The thing that's common in all three of them is, oh yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but not everyone knows that, you know, or even is willing to look at that. 
I mean, that's yeah. that's where we talk about living a life of choice and integrity, because if we're reacting to it, no matter what it is outside of us, is it fair to say that that's us? That ain't the thing outside of us? Yeah, it's always it's always in me. Yeah. That's and, not an easy you know, thing to take on. Yeah. Well, and there's the whole thing around projection, too. It's so much easier to see it in you than it is to see it in me. And right, so right. I project it onto you, and I say, you're a jerk. And, uh, you know, at the same time, what I'm really noticing is my own jerkness. Yeah. Well, that's the power of coaching, too, isn't it? Having yeah. having someone that, uh, you know, is the my mirror. mirror. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the power of the witness as well. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it's so it's so so hard for me for us to see it in ourselves, and so having a mirror really helps. Yeah, wow. Um, William, take everything that you've shared today. Um, no pressure, and <laughs> out of everything that we've talked about today, what is it you want the men to hear most? I think it's important to understand that you can be free. You can have choice, that you always do have choice. And if you're willing to do the work, you can make the shift. Life can be better. It doesn't, you don't have to accept the way it is right now. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Now, William, if there's uh, if there's men out there that would like to uh, take your course, get the e-guide, uh, where do they pick that up? It's easy. Just go to mensfreedomformula.com. All one word, mensfreedomformula.com. And it uh, brings you to a page where you put in your uh, name and email, click a button, and you receive the, the guide. And then it also gives you the opportunity to look at other, um, you know, coaching or uh, group work or, mm -hmm. or to purchase the video course, which okay. is a self-guided, takes you through the steps uh, on your, uh, at your own pace in the privacy of your own home. And, and if people want to connect with you privately, one-on-one, -on -one, William, how do they do that? Yeah, you can uh, email me. Uh, the email is all one word, awake heart. A-W-A-K-E-H-E-A-R-T, awakeheart at yahoo.com. All right, wonderful. William, an absolute pleasure, sir. An absolute pleasure. <laughs> I, I always learn something when I hang out with you, so I really appreciate your time, your wisdom, your experience, uh, your integrity um, uh, for sharing today. I really appreciate that, so thank you so much. Next week... I have no idea what's going to happen next week. We'll have to wait and see. But until then, again, thank you, William Grace Frost. What a great name, Great Frost, uh, for your time today. Really appreciate it. And again, you can check out the Men's Freedom Formula, the Men's Freedom Formula, not the mensfreedomformula.com. You can also connect with William at awakeheart uh, at yahoo.com. Until the next time, think big, have fun, stay curious. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you on the next show. Cheers, my dears. And that, my dear, is no blarney. <laughs>